2: WrestleMania has so often been utilized as the place where talent can take their stock to an entirely new level. There have been plenty of other wrestlers whose careers have plummeted in the aftermath of the showcase of the Immortals. I'm Andrew from What Culture Wrestling, and here are 10 such wrestlers whose time with WWE was only on a downward slope once WrestleMania was in the rear view mirror. Number 10, Crush. WrestleMania 10. Brian Adams had so many of the attributes that will forever get Vince McMahon tight in his pants. He was a big, powerful fella with a great look and he would pass the famed airport test. The fact that McMahon made Crush the third member of the iconic demolition should indicate how strongly the talent was thought of. And even as Kona Crush, it looked as if the powerhouse was being groomed to be a main event player. In an actually rather nicely done heel turn, late 1993 saw Crush return to television with his tribe, Hawaiian heel persona. There, he immediately targeted Randy Savage, claiming Savage was responsible for a back injury Crush had suffered when trying to slam Mr. Fuji's Yokozuna earlier in the year. The logic was Savage encouraged Crush to slam Yoko, and thus the macho man was to blame for the injury suffered by the former demolition man. This issue culminated at WrestleMania 10, where Crush and Savage did battle in a slightly bizarre falls count anywhere 60 second count contest. For all the world, it seemed as if Crush. Would get the win here, giving him a huge win on a huge stage against a huge legend of the industry like Randy Savage. Instead, Macho Man won that bout, and Crush would spend the rest of the year working squash matches on WWF Superstars and Wrestling Challenge. An early 1995 arrest and subsequent jail stint didn't exactly do Brian Adams any favors, and his return in 1996 and roles in the Nation of Domination and Disciples of Apocalypse likewise did nothing for the big man. Number nine, Taz, WrestleMania 2000 (sighs) Ah, <sighs> 2000 started oh so well for Taz, with a human suplex machine making his surprise WWF debut at that year's Royal Rumble, where he clinically choked out the then-undefeated Kurt Angle. Sure, he needlessly had an extra Z or Z added to his longtime moniker, but having Taz arrive in such a manner surely boded well for the Red Hug native's WWE future. Bafflingly, that spectacular debut meant nothing, and Taz found himself in a 15-man Battle Royal for the Hardcore Championship at WrestleMania 2000. While Taz would get another brief run with the ECW world title shortly after Mania, his WWE career was far less successful. As in, Taz found himself feuding with Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler by the summer, and he sought out the year as a mainstay on Jacked and Sunday Night Heat. Of course, injuries were the key factor in Taz bringing an end to his in-ring career in 2002, but it's fair to say WWE creative didn't particularly help out the one-time Taz by having him feud with a couple of announcers shortly after his first WrestleMania. Even worse, Taz actually lost to a then 51-year-old Jerry Lawler at SummerSlam 2000 in the pair's first matchup. Number eight, Jack Swagger, WrestleMania 29. Things were locking up for Jack Swagger when he returned to WWE TV in 2013. After eight months away from the action, the North Dakota native caused quite the stir when he turned up sporting longer hair, beard, and soon with Zeb Coulter as his manager. With a serious, aggressive edge to him, Swagger won the titular match at that year's Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. In order to earn himself a shot, against alberto del rio and the world heavyweight championship at wrestlemania 29 while he'd previously held that big gold himself this felt like an entirely new jack swagger a more interesting jack swagger and a more believable jack swagger Of course, the all-american american would come up short against del rio at mania and he soon went from wrestlemania world title challenger to one half of a tag team granted the pairing of swagger and cesaro was a fun one but it represented a major step backwards with Jack when considering where he was positioned at the showcase of the Immortals. Then, once the real Americans disbanded, Jack Swagger became the same old, bland, boring Jack Swagger, with him spinning his wheels in forgettable matches and nothing rivalries until he left the company in March 2017. Number 7, Ivory, WrestleMania X7. Heading into WrestleMania X7, hey, let's just call it WrestleMania 17, yeah? Ivory had held the company's women's title for 149 days. Unfortunately for the to center member, that reign would come to a crushing halt at the hands of China in just two minutes and 38 seconds. While it's great that Ivory is nowadays a WWE Hall of Famer, there's undoubtedly a sense that she's one of the more underrated female wrestlers in company history. For her time, Ivory was one of those who was far, far ahead of the vast majority of her peers when it came to in-ring work and to cut in a promo. Sadly, WrestleMania 17 would be Ivory's one and only time in action on the grandest stage of them all. And that loss to the ninth wonder of the world led to the real life Lisa Moretti dropping down the card. In fact, despite remaining with WWE until 2005, the four years following WrestleMania 17 saw the talented star involved in nothing of no whatsoever, with Ivory being a brief part of the alliance and then serving as a trainer on Tough Enough and Down in the Ohio Valley Wrestling Developmental Territory. Number 6. Jim Neidhart, WrestleMania 7 As a tag team, the Hart Foundation remained one of the greatest tandems to ever lace up a pair of boots. You ask me, they're the greatest tag team in history. Unfortunately for Jim Neidhart though, the Anvil's career hit a major roadblock once the foundation split after WrestleMania 7. That particular granddaddy of them all saw Neidhart and Bret Hart drop the tag team title to the Nasty Boys, and soon, the real-life brother-in-laws would go their separate ways. There was no betrayal, there was no screw job, there was no rivalry. Instead, it was detailed how the Heart Foundation duo merely wanted to now test themselves as singles competitors. While the Hitman would win the Intercontinental title from Mr. Perfect at that year's SummerSlam just four months later, things didn't go as well for Big Jim. WrestleMania 7 was followed by a couple of months of inactivity for Nightheart, and he closed the year out back in the tag team ranks, teaming with Owen Hart as the new foundation. Despite having some promise, the new foundation would break up in February of 1992 when Neidhart was fired for refusing to take a drug test. The powerhouse would then spend two years away from WWE before a brief return in 1994 as part of the phenomenal Owen and Brett feud. And his return in 1997 as part of the wider Hart Foundation faction, that was great to see. But it's fair to say that Jim Neidhart's career, unfortunately often down To his own decisions and actions was a bit of a disappointment post WrestleMania 7. Hold
0: up.
1: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stressors. They can be
2: And number 5 King Kong Bundy, WrestleMania 2. To be honest, for a monster heel, the only way is down once you've main evented a WrestleMania against Hulk Hogan. For King Kong Bundy, he was never going to top the Steel Cage match which closed out WrestleMania 2. This was at a time when it was all about bringing in oversized heels to put Hogan in peril, only for the Hulkster to then eventually overcome the odds and get the big win over these brutes on the big stage. Bundy was one of many to be put in this. This position, and he was one of many who was quickly moved back down the card or even out of the company once Hulk Hogan had got his win back. As for how his career dropped after WrestleMania 2, Bundy was placed in a tag team with John Studd. Before then, by the following year's WrestleMania, the WrestleMania 2 main inventor was teaming with midget wrestlers Little Tokyo and Lord Littlebrook. King Kong Bundy would then depart the WWF in 1988 and enter semi-retirement. Although, the New Jersey native would be brought back to the company in 1994 as part of Ted DiBiase's million dollar corporation and in revisiting the formula that worked so well for Hulkamania brother Bundy would become another giant for The Undertaker to topple losing to the dead man at Wrestlemania 11. Number four, Rusev, WrestleMania 31. Oh, Rusev. After a dominant spell in NXT, the Bulgarian Brute had quite an impressive start to life on the main roster. There, Rusev embarked on a lengthy undefeated streak that saw him capture the United States title. And even, he was the first person to submit John Cena in 11 years. Surely, Rusev was a future main event star who will be winning world championships after world championships for years to come. Only, of course, that never happened. For Rusev, he again ran up against Cena, but this time on the grandest stage of them all, losing the US title to Big Match John at WrestleMania 31. Looking even more like a total badass than normal, Rusev entered this match in a loving tank. Still, the nowadays Redeemer didn't have enough firepower to fend off John Cena at that 2015 edition of the Showcase of the Immortals. With that loss, the bloom was off the rose for Rusev, the mystique was gone, the Dom was over and Rusev quickly became just another guy on the roster. Before you knew it, Rusev was involved in the bizarre love triangle, or should that be quadrilateral, with Lana, Summer Rae and Dolph Ziggler. Well then he was dumped into the League of Nations. While Rusev day was admittedly a whole whole bunch of fun, Rusev's career was on a downward spiral after that Wrestlemania 31 loss. Hey, at least Miro is now in AEW, where he'll surely be used as a top tier player, right? Oh, well, maybe not. Number three, Lex Luger, WrestleMania 10. Truth be told, the wheels were well and truly falling off for Lex Luger following the events of SummerSlam 93, but the total package's WWE career was totally doomed once WrestleMania 10 was said and done. Of course, 1993 had seen Luger become a flag-wearing, baby kissing, all-smiling good guy after slamming Mr. Fuji's Yokozuna on the USS Intrepid, having spent the summer literally touring the country in his Lex Express, the former narcissist went up against Yoko for the WWF title at that SummerSlam in 1993. Bizarrely, Lex had this huge celebration just for beating Yokozuna by countout, and that in turn just made him look like a bit of a dope. With Luger and Bret Hart co-winning the 1994 Royal Rumble, each man had their shot at the WWF Championship at WrestleMania 10. That called for Bret to wrestle his brother Owen in a truly magical mania opener, and the main event of the show would pit The hitman against the winner of Lex Luger versus Yokozuna. There. Of course, Lex would once again come up short, losing to the monstrous heel by disqualification. So, in having Bret Hart close out WrestleMania 10 on the shoulders of his peers as he held the WWF title aloft, that signaled the end of the Lex Luger experiment. Rather than being the second coming of Hulk Hogan, brother, Luger instead dropped down the card, embarked on a feud with Crush and Tatanka before settling into the incredibly bland Allied Powers tag team with Davey Boy Smith. Lex would famously return to WWE in September 1995 following a disastrous year of unforgettable dross post WrestleMania 10. Number 2. Ted DiBiase Jr. WrestleMania 26. Here in 2023, it's crazy to think back to a time when Ted DiBiase Jr. was viewed as the breakout star of Legacy, with many believing that the group was to be used as a launching pad to superstar them for the son of the Million Dollar Man. When Legacy imploded at WrestleMania 26, it seemed a given that Ted Jr. would be the one to emerge victorious over Randy Orton and Cody Rhodes. After all, Randy was a made man who didn't need the win here, and Cody Rhodes? He didn't have a chance of becoming as big of a star as Ted DiBiase Jr. would become. Oh, how hindsight is a wonderful thing. Despite having a great physique, solid in the ring, and having some nice charisma to him, things just never fully came together for the third generation DiBiase. When looking at why it never happened for Ted Jr., being the one to lose that WrestleMania match, as in taking an RKO from Randy Orton before being pinned 1-2-3, that certainly plays a part. With legacy formally splitting, Ted soon found himself rehashing his old man's gimmick for a modernised version of the Million Dollar Man, complete with a Million Dollar Championship at his side, and even briefly, Virgil. Unfortunately for D.B.R.C. Jr., this would be the only piece of gold he'd hold for the rest of his WWE run, before that run came to an end in 2013. Number 1. Bart Gunn, WrestleMania 15. For poor Bart Gunn, he was absolutely set up to fail at WrestleMania 15, having shocked WWE management by winning the infamous Brawl for All. Gun's prize was a boxing match against legendary knockout artist Butterbean at the 1999 edition of the Showcase of the Immortals. Thus, Butterbean is someone whose professional boxing record nowadays features a staggering 58 knockout victories. Sure, Bart had shown his own knockout power against Bob Holly, Steve Williams, The Godfather and Bradshaw during the Brawl for All, but putting him up against Butterbean was never going to end well for the former smoking gun. Many have claimed that Gun was paired up with Butterbean as a form of punishment for winning a tournament WWE never intended for him to win. Instead, the company presumed that Steve Williams would win the tournament and then Dr. Death would move into a feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin. When Bart sparked out Dr. Death, that put an immediate halt to such plans. Regardless of whether the Butterbean bout was indeed punishment or not, the end result was Bart Gun being KO'd after just 35 seconds. In terms of the impact this WrestleMania, outing had for the WWE career of Bart gone, it brought it to an immediate halt, with Bart soon departing the promotion and returning to All Japan Pro Wrestling. So that brings an end to our list of stars whose career hit the skids after a WrestleMania. Agree? Disagree? Let us know in the comments if you can think of any other wrestlers whose stock plummeted after a WrestleMania outing. While you're here, be sure to like, subscribe, share, turn those notification bells on, and come and give us a follow at what Culture WWE. Most importantly, I just hope your day goes Goes well whether you're doing something whether you're doing nothing i hope you have the best possible day and if things aren't going so well i really hope things turn around for you as soon as possible you can find myself on twitter at culture left peg i've been andrew powell from what culture wrestling and i'll catch you down the line hi